0: Well, uh, today is day two of a new year, right? Day two of trying to keep the New Year's resolutions uh, that you made. It's estimated that um, about 75% of us Americans uh, make New Year's resolutions every year. So maybe maybe you made some this year. Maybe um, you want to lose some weight this year. Or maybe you want to get in shape. Or maybe you want to get out of Debt, or uh, perhaps you want to work less and travel more, or maybe you want to get more organized, or you want to read more books, or you want to spend more time with friends or with family. It's really easy to make New Year's resolutions like this, but have you ever noticed it's really hard to keep your New Year's resolutions? Why is that? Why is it so hard? to keep New Year's resolutions? Why is it so hard to keep really any personal goals that we set for ourselves? Why is it that um, we often begin the year and we come roaring out of the gates on New Year's Day and we have all these inspirations and aspirations that we've thought of over the holidays and we have all these ideas about big changes that we wanna make in our lives and then a week later or a few weeks or maybe a month or two uh, later, We're right back into the same patterns and habits that we had before. Why is it so hard to keep New Year's resolutions? Well, the main problem is simple, and it's this. Want is not enough. Just wanting something to be different in your life is not enough. Just wanting something to change in your lifestyle or your behavior or or your habits, it's not enough. Let me read you a quote from one of the most influential leaders in human history. He said this, I do not understand what I do. For what I want to do, I do not do, but what I hate to do. For I have the desire to do what is good, but I cannot carry it out. For I do not do the good I want to do, but the evil I do not want to do. This I keep on doing. This was written by the Apostle Paul. Some of you might recognize uh, these sentences. And if you know much about him, you know. He was extremely gifted. He was extremely driven. He had this strong faith in God. I mean, he helped uh, start this movement and lead a movement that changed the world. And yet, he's saying right here in this letter he wrote to some of his friends, I have all of these things that I want to do, but I just don't get around to doing them. I I always end up doing the things that I don't Want to do, And do you see the, the want and the desire language that he uses here? He's saying, I can want to do something really specific in my life. I could even make resolutions or set goals, but I don't end up actually doing them. I, I can't carry out my goals. I can't keep my resolutions. I always end up doing the things I don't really want to do. In other words, want is not enough. And the question is, why not? <clears throat> why isn't wanting something enough? Because in so many areas of our lives today, wanting actually is enough. Uh, if I want to listen to Ed Sheeran's new song, right? I just, um, I just pull out my phone. I open my Spotify app. Um, I do a quick search. Right? I mean, how long did that take? Like five, I mean, I, at five seconds, I had to like, do a couple of things. But, but, the, but the space between my want and actually getting what I wanted was practically nothing. If I want a new French press, if I want a new set of AirPods, if I want a new book, if I want a new pair of slippers, if I want a new power drill, I, I can just open up my Amazon app. I can do a quick search. I can read a few reviews, and then I hit buy now, and it'll be sent directly to me, wanting a, a new product, wanting to listen to a new song, uh, wanting to, to FaceTime or Zoom with friends or family that live across the country or maybe even on the other side of the world, something by the way that was impossible 25 years ago is now not only possible, it can happen 10 seconds after I want it to happen. Why is it that if I want to lose weight? or if I want to get out of debt, or if I want to decrease my stress, or if I want to spend more time with friends or family, why is that want so much harder to make happen? Why is want not enough in these instances? Well, here's why. Because the changes we often want to make in our lives go against powerful influences, and deeply ingrained behaviors. In fact, the changes that we usually want to make, they're a whole lot harder than just opening an app or clicking a link on a screen. And here's how Paul came to that same realization in his life. He says this just a few sentences later in that letter he wrote. He says, In my inner being, I delight in God's law, but I see another law at work in me, waging war against the law of my mind and making me a prisoner. He's saying, deep inside of me, I have this want and this desire to, to delight in what God wants me to do. And I can even set goals towards those ends in my mind, but there's another law at work. And when he uses the word law, he, that, that word, uh, the way he uses it, it just means there's another force at work. There's this other power. It's almost like there's a a gravity at work that's that's pulling against the things that I want to do. It's working against his desires, against all of his resolutions and his goals. In fact, he says this other power or this other force, it's fighting against him. It's waging war against him. It's even imprisoning him. It's keeping him from actually being the person he wants to be and doing the things that he wants to do. Now, uh, Paul is in the middle of of a much bigger and longer and deeper and richer theological discussion. And if you go home today and you read the context of when he says that, you'll actually see that. But don't miss, at the most simple and basic level, what Paul is saying. Just wanting to do something good in your life, just wanting to make some changes in your life is not enough. You need more than want. You need more than desire. And so today, I want to share with you three things that you need beyond your original or initial wants and desires to make or see real change in your life. And this applies to New Year's resolutions. This applies to goals that you might set at other times of the year for yourself. Um, You might even be sitting here and you might be one of those people who say, well, actually, I don't make New Year's resolutions. I don't set goals. I don't do that. I'm the part of the 25% because I've tried that in the past and I never can keep them and I like it. And so I don't even do it anymore. But this still applies to you because you have wants. You have desires. There's some things in your life you would really want to start doing? Or there's some things in your life that you really want to stop doing? And so I want to share with you three things that you need to pursue those wants and those desires. And, and by the way, this isn't just about all of us as individuals and pursuing our own personal goals, but we're kicking off a new series today. And at the end, I'll share with you why this is collectively about us as a community of faith. So, uh, three things you need to make real change in your life. Number one is intentionality. Intentionality. And as simple as that sounds, it's actually really, really important. You can't just want something to change, you have to be intentional about pursuing that change. You can't just want less stress in your life. You have to be intentional about pursuing less stress in your life. You can't just want to be a more generous person. You have to be intentional about doing things that will help you become a more generous person. And here's why. Because almost everything that we want to change in our lives requires going against the grain. Do you know what this phrase Against the grain means. It's like swimming upstream in a river that's, that's flowing strongly downstream. Or it's like driving the wrong way on a one way street. Or I had this experience uh, just two days ago when I took this picture. Whenever you fly back from somewhere into DIA, right, you get off your plane, you get on the train, you make your way back, and then you get off the train. And then to get up to the main terminal, you have to go up these two big, long escalators. Going against the grain is like trying to go down one of those escalators just when the train is let out and everyone else is coming up. You see, it's possible to do all of these things. You can swim against the current of the water. You can go against the flow of traffic. You can actually go down the up escalator if you really try, but it requires a whole lot of intentionality. You can only do it if you're intentional about doing it. If you're not intentional, the water, the traffic, the flow, the current is always going to carry you in the opposite direction. And almost everything that's significant that we want to change in our lives is like this. Let me give you a couple of just really simple examples. Let's say you want to eat healthier in your life and you discover uh, that eating fast food and eating processed foods is not very healthy for your body. Well, if you want to not eat fast food or processed foods, that's really hard to do. You have to be really intentional about that. Because the cheapest and the easiest and the most convenient food uh, or restaurants for our fast-paced lifestyle are always going to be fast food. And if you go into any grocery store, 80% of the products in there are processed food. And and so if you want to eat whole foods, fresh foods, slowly prepared foods, as trendy as all of that sounds right now, it's going to go against the grain in our culture. Everything else is going to push you in the opposite direction. Or let's say you, you want to decrease your screen time. Let's say you've come to the conclusion over the last uh, few months or maybe during the pandemic uh, or just in your life that man, I am always staring at my screen and I'm just on my phone all the time and I would love to be on my phone a little bit less and pay attention to the people and to the world around me a little bit more. That's great. But you're always going to be swimming upstream. Upstream. If that's one of your goals, because every single technological advance is happening from from how we shop to to how we get around to how we work in our jobs right now to the games and to the apps and to the faster devices and the faster networks that are available. It's all pushing us to be on our phones more, not less. And so if that's a desire of yours, that's a a great desire. And probably 90% of the people I talk to whenever we talk about technology say, yeah, I would love to be on my phone less. But if that's a desire of yours, you're going to be walking down the up escalator at DIA all the time. It's going to be really hard to live out that desire. And so desire is not going to be enough. Wanting to change anything is not going to be enough. You're going to have to be really intentional. Uh, Here's the second thing you need, and that's conviction, conviction. Because making these kinds of changes in our lives can be really hard, and so you need something that's gonna carry you through the difficulty and through the challenge, and that's gonna be conviction. You have to believe that this change really is good, and it's really worth the sacrifices that you're gonna have to make. Because you see, if you try to go down that up escalator at DIA, uh, people are not going to move out of the way for you, right? They're not going to be very nice to you. Uh, You're going to get all kinds of dirty looks. You're going to make slow progress at first. You're going to have to work really hard, and you might get one or two steps down, and everyone else is pushing you back up, and in that moment, you're going to have to ask the question, is this really worth the hassle? If the reason you're trying to go down the up escalator is because you dropped a packet of tissues at the bottom, right? you're going to pretty quickly be like, no, 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 this is not worth the hassle. I don't really need that. And you're going to turn around and head back up. If the reason that you're heading down the up escalator is because you dropped your phone at the bottom or your purse or your wallet, well, yeah, you will keep going. You need to get down there. It is worth the hassle to keep going. You will endure the dirty looks and the pushing and the shoving because you know I have to get back down there. And change is the same way in our lives. Whenever you're going against the grain, you have to have conviction. If we don't have conviction, if we don't have that belief that what I'm trying to do right now is really good and really important and maybe even necessary, I have to do this. If we don't have that conviction, we'll give up pretty quickly when things start getting difficult. In fact, do you know where this phrase, against the grain, actually comes from? It refers to the grain of a piece of wood. If you've ever done any kind of woodworking, you know that all the fibers in a piece of wood run in one direction. That's called the wood grain, right? And if you're ever sanding the wood or shaping the wood or carving the wood or or staining the wood or sealing the wood, you have to go in the same direction As the wood grain. Because everyone who's ever worked with wood knows when you go against the grain, what happens? You get splinters, right? It's painful. It hurts. Nobody keeps going against the grain unless they have a really strong conviction that that's what they're supposed to be doing. Whenever you set out to make an important change in your life. Whenever you set out to do something, it goes against the grain, you're probably going to get splinters. You're not going to make a lot of progress at first. It's going to be hard. There's going to be forces you can't even see working against you, telling you it's not worth it. Give up. It's not worth all the work. So you need intentionality, And you need conviction to tell yourself to keep going. It is worth it. And then you need a third thing. Number three, you need community. You need community. You need people who are going against the grain with you, who are supporting you in your going against the grain. Because practically speaking, you can't go against the grain alone. It's just too hard. It's just too lonely. You don't have the support and the accountability and the encouragement and the solidarity that you need to keep going. There's a reason alcoholics can't make real change in their lives until they find a support group until they find a sponsor, until they find other people who are surrounding them and encouraging them and and pushing them and, and maybe even going against the grain with them. And all significant changes are like that in our lives. Now, if you want to get out of debt in a culture where being in debt is the norm, if you want to work less in a culture where being a workaholic is praised, if you want to be less busy in a culture where busyness is now a virtue, you're going to need a community of people with you that says, no, that's not good. No, that's not healthy. No, we're not going to live that way anymore. We can walk upstream together. We can go against the grain together. And perhaps we can't change the flow of the stream. And perhaps we can't change uh, the, the traffic patterns or the direction of the grain But you and I will never be able to make real and lasting change in our lives. We'll never be able to to move forward in living out our wants and our desires and our convictions by ourselves. We need a group of people, a community of people doing it with us. Now, there's probably other things we could put on this list for making real change in our lives, right? You probably need a specific plan, uh, some measurable steps, uh, some daily habits that will help you move towards your resolutions or towards your goals. But, but if you don't have these three things, intentionality, conviction, and community, you're going to find yourself in the same place as Paul. Right, you're going to be saying, I have these wants and I have these desires, but I just can't ever seem to make them happen. Nothing ever seems to change. And that can be so frustrating. And that can be so discouraging because if you're anything like me, you do have deep desires and wants and dreams in your life. And, and they're not just about how to manage your time or your, or your work or your, or your eating habits or your physical health. Those things are all really, really important. But I hear so many of you voicing other kinds of wants and desires as well. Some of you are often saying, I really want to know and understand who God is, and I just don't know how to do that. Or I really want to read the Bible more, and each year I start out with these lofty goals about reading the Bible, and I get halfway through Genesis and I give up, because it's just really hard and difficult. Or I really want to know how I can serve others and how I can use my gifts and be a part of God's bigger mission in the world, but I just have so many things to do in my own life every day. I just have so many other things I have to take care of. that it just, I can never think any bigger than the things that are right in front of me and pressing in my life. Or here's one that I hear all the time. I want deeper relationships. I want deeper friendships. I want to have real conversations with other people about things that matter, but I just don't know how to make that happen. I want that in my life, but I get so discouraged when it doesn't happen. And so here's the question that I've been asking over the last couple of months as I've been thinking about this series that we're going to do. What would it look like for a whole community to pursue our wants and our needs and our desires together? Well, what if we said there are some individual wants and desires that we all have, and those might be different for each person, but there's probably some really shared desires as well. There's probably some wants that we all have as well, and and those kind of wants are going against the grain as well. And what if we were an entire community that was intentional together? And what if we were an entire community that was developing convictions together? And what if we were an entire community that was moving forward and pursuing these wants And these desires together. I want to be a part of that kind of community. I'm guessing you do too. And so that's what we're going to talk about for the next five weeks or so. And here's the kicker. We're not going to just talk about it. We're actually going to do some very intentional things to start living it out. In fact, uh, beginning next Sunday, we're going to do something really unique and and really different right here in our worship service when we gather uh, for worship. I can't even really explain to you what we're going to do. You're just going to have to show up uh, and see it for yourself, right? But it's going to be against the grain because we don't want to just talk about change. And we don't want to just talk about what we want and what we want to desire. We want to actually live that out. We want to live it out together. And so I hope you'll make a priority to engage this series, to be here in person and to join us as we move towards what God has for us as a community of faith. So let me pray for us. God, I pray that you would give us the wisdom to discern between all of the things that we want to see change in our lives. And then for those few things that that you want to do, God, I pray that you would give us the courage to trust in you. Um, I pray that you would give us the conviction that we need. I pray that you would give us the courage, even if we've failed in the past, even if we don't believe that real change could happen, that we We might just believe that you want to do something new this year in our lives and in our community. We pray all of this in your name. Amen.